Jeff Somer at the New York Times faced the fog of stock market uncertainty, and readers attacked him for it. But he wasn't wrong. The stock market is uncertain, which is why you need a system. It's Wednesday, July 27, 2022. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast. I'm Jason Kelly. Jeff Somer is a columnist at the New York Times. He's the author of the Strategies column on markets, finance, and the economy. He's been there a long time, almost 27 years at the New York Times, and before that, he worked as a foreign editor and foreign correspondent for the Newsday Media Group. And at the Times right now, he also edits business news. And uh, previously, he was a national editor. At Newsday, he was the foreign editor and a correspondent in Asia and Eastern Europe. So he's been in the news business a long time, and he's been on on the business beat at the New York Times for a long time and has done a lot of other other journalism duties. This is not somebody who's just out of college or somebody who who uh, read something on Twitter and decided to, to sound off in public about it. He is well-grounded. He's been around the stock market and business news for a long time, and he's a good writer, of course, as a long-term editor at the, the top of the media complex. So let's start with the understanding that Jeff Somer is no joke. This is a, a good columnist, and he, he brings a, a lot of good advice, general investing advice, to people every single week in his strategies column. Just to give you an idea what kind of stuff he writes about, if you go to the New York Times, uh, the business strategies area to his column history, you can see just from the headlines that his his beat is is generalized wisdom for the times of anybody who's trying to just go for big goals in the stock market, like sending somebody to college, retiring someday, maybe saving for a house. So this is very traditional financial planning using stocks as one asset in a, a basically long-term portfolio. Now, right there, before we even get into specifics of the advice, what do you expect to find here? Well, Jeff Somer is not going to say, I'm looking at a candlestick chart, and according to what I see, tomorrow is going to be the big day to buy, you know, insert stock name here. Apple is going to go up, or buy Google pre-earnings, or sell Facebook post-earnings. That is not what Jeff Somer is going to do if his whole beat is long-term, big-goal, lifetime investing. And that's what he that's what he does. So typical headlines for him, for example, um, back on May 6, 2022, his headline was Market Pain Isn't Over, But You Will Get Through This. He talks about just the news of the day and, and the volatility that's going on and how long-term buy and hold works for for everybody, actually. Many studies show that, but he's pointing out to people that it will work for you too, so stick with the plan, you're in it for the long term. He explains things like how higher interest rates could bring down inflation. He provides reassurance to people. On May 19th, for example, his headline was, Stocks have been falling, I'm still buying steadily. Is that wrong advice? Absolutely not. All of my research has shown that when stock prices go down, you buy them. I don't know why this is a controversial subject. Yes, they can keep going down farther, but... How can we know that? The only part we can know is what they have done. And when stocks have gone down a significant amount, as they had in mid-May when he wrote this, a good thing to do is buy. 
So in my view, just very top level, high, high look at this, Jeff Somer saying in mid-May when stock prices were way down, he's buying steadily as a way to encourage people to stick with it, just don't sell, is far more useful than the reams of forecasts saying, oh, they're going to go down farther, stay out, get out of stocks now, or if you're, if you're not in them now, stay out longer. That kind of stuff misses the bulk of the stock market's behavior, which is gaining two-thirds of the time. I've, I've written and spoken about this a lot, so I won't belabor the point. I just want to give, give kudos here to Jeff Somer for writing back in May that the thing to do was, was keep buying steadily. And, and there's a caveat too, by the way. The subhead is, is this a good time to buy stocks? Readers ask. Yes, our columnist says, but only if you can handle further losses and don't try to outsmart the market. That is spot on. So let, let's go into looking at what Jeff Somer writes with some sympathy for him trying to help ordinary investors over the long term. And in that context, the basic idea to keep buying through whatever happens Dollar cost averaging is good advice. And he's not going to be he's not going to be introducing anything revolutionary. He's going to be telling people to steer clear of crypto, steer clear of options trading, go with the big asset classes, stocks, bonds, spend less than you earn, don't carry a lot of debt, right? That's what he writes about. And that's where he's coming from as he goes into this one particular column that I am going to go through with you today and then look at how readers misreacted to this. That column is How to Invest When Inflation is Bad and a Recession May Loom, which he wrote back on July 14th. So this is a couple weeks ago. He has newer, newer columns already at one newer column. He'll have another one tomorrow. But this is the one from two weeks ago. He says right up front, he doesn't say specifically, but he indicates right up front that, that things are uncertain. It's, it's, and maybe more uncertain than usual right now. Um, how to invest when inflation is bad and a recession may loom. And the subtitle, while the news may indicate that the markets and economy are rocky, long-term investors can ride it out with a little luck and a lot of planning, our columnist says. Then he goes on to say that. The first part of the article recaps recent news. And some readers complained about that, saying, ha oh, ha, anybody who follows the news already knows this. Well, but those who don't might want a quick recap. And by the way, even people who follow news very closely can sometimes get lost in the weeds of data point after data point after data point with no synthesis about what it all means. So I don't think we can fault Jeff Somer here for going through the recent news flow and saying, a has happened, B has happened, C has happened. It's, this is the current situation. So if you're wondering about what to do with your investments for the long term, this is the backdrop against which you have to decide. Well, that backdrop, uh, by his recap, is inflation's been high for months, right? Puts a lot of pressure on the Federal Reserve to bring inflation under control, and it's trying to do that by raising its interest rates. That doesn't always work, so we can't be too sure if it's going to slow the economy, and it does increase the chances the U.S. will go into a recession. All of this is non-controversial. If you are following the news, it's true that you would know this. He's just recapping it for people. And he talks about some of the, the damage that's come from the coronavirus, Russia's war in Ukraine, energy prices being high as, as you know, part of the inflation backdrop. 
and he's he's wanting to know, or he's 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 answering rather readers who want to know if this is the time to be getting into stocks. And and he he says right here up front that he doesn't have all the answers. Quote from him. Readers have been asking for advice, and I'll try to help. Don't be under any illusions, though. I don't know where the markets or the economy are heading short-term, nor does anybody else. As uncomfortable as it may be, we must proceed without that knowledge. End quote. You cannot get more true than that statement. People who are upset with Jeff Somer for not giving a clear indication of where things are going and what investments to buy right now do not understand the constant uncertainty of the stock market. Warren Buffett has made similar statements. And the reason the smartest people you can find will always tell you they don't know what's going to happen is because they're being honest. It's not a shortcoming to declare up front that one doesn't know the unknowable. I, contrary to the way many readers reacted to this column by Somer, find it a refreshing commentary on, on, on how this business works and why we, we, we have to just do the best we can in the constant state of uncertainty because it's constant and the uncertainty is unavoidable. So, so anybody thinking that Jeff Somer has cracked the code and he has got your one, two, three recipe for wealth in the short term because he knows, unlike Warren Buffett or the, the president of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, or, or Jason Kelly, or anybody else out there, he knows exactly what's going to happen in the stock market. No, he doesn't. And Jeff Somer has the honesty and good grace to tell readers right up front that he doesn't know, but he's going to try to help. So let's cut him a little slack, right? He does say, if ever there was a time to, to, to do so, to proceed without knowledge, it's now because even a close study of incoming economic and financial data isn't providing useful guidance. Another quote from him, what's the trend for the next six months? There are many answers, but at bottom, nobody knows. End quote. Another one, quote, I've been saying since April that inflation may be near its peak and it's possible that this premature statement is actually true now. End quote. Again, readers taking him, him to task uh, in the comments section, and then I received emails from, from New York Times subscribers asking me if I thought this was a disservice from Jeff Somer, and no, I don't. I think this is a wonderful service that he's providing. Let's jump ahead here to, to some, of the, some of the uncertainty that readers didn't like in Somer's take on the market. Audrey in Germany wrote, well, there's five minutes I just wasted expecting to find something useful. Let me sum it up for you and save you time. No one knows it could be this or that. End quote. Chris in Fort Collins, Colorado wrote, quote, Frankly, there's little advice here, mostly a summary of the situation that has developed over the past six months, which boils down to, we don't have a clue what's going on. End quote. Robert Fabricatore in Altamont Springs, Florida wrote, Quote, clear as mud. In the stock market, if I have a great stock, it can still plummet if the sector goes down, end quote. City Girl, somewhere out west, writes, quote, I found that this article didn't say much of anything, end quote. Jack Cheevers in Oakland, California, quote, 
I read this column so you don't have to. Here's the very scanty, very typical advice. Buy diversified stock funds and buy bonds. There you go, end quote. Chip in the USA, quote, for me, the takeaway from this article is the outright insanity of expecting ordinary non-expert people to plan for their retirement on the basis of tea leaves, mumbo jumbo, and well, luck, for lack of a better word, end quote. We have two things being true at the same time here. Everybody is correct that the stock market is uncertain, it always has been, and it always will be. The other part that's true, though, is that it can still be correct to keep buying into that uncertainty, and that's the point that Jeff Somer was making. As prices fluctuate around, if you're dollar cost averaging, that's not what I do, just to be clear, that's not what I do, but it's tried and true and works perfectly well, and it seems to be what Jeff Somer is suggesting people do over the aggregate of his columns. The fixed amount of money you're moving into the fluctuating price of your stock fund will buy more shares when they're cheaper and fewer shares when they're more expensive. So over time, you will end up with an average price paid, your cost basis, will be lower than the average price of that stock fund over the time period. How can that be bad advice? It's not. And so if you're in it for the long term, and you do keep investing in the stock market as it's fluctuating around, as long as it rose over the course of that long term, and it always has, there's no, no long like retirement level long term where it hasn't worked out, then it's good advice to keep plowing money in. And the worst thing you can do is try to pick and choose your entry and exit points along the way, thinking you're going to be smarter than the market because you, of all the millions of market participants, happen to know exactly what the Fed's policies are going to do to the stock market and when. And you can pick those fluctuation pivot points perfectly. Of course not, and I know you're not thinking so, but a lot of these readers, the way they reacted to this, seem to expect the impossible from Jeff Somer as he was just trying to help people out through this. Now, he, he, go, he goes on talking about, it, it's, it's unclear, but here's some general good advice for long-term investing. Jeff Somer, quote, if you are starting as an investor and have decades ahead, take the long view. Put your money in low-cost diversified index funds, including workplace target date funds that track the entire stock market. Add diversified bond index funds as you age, end quote. But here again, he is he's trying to take people away from the scariness of, of headlines around the stock market. Everything's bad. It's going to get worse. We have a recession on the way. Inflation is high. The Fed is powerless. Government is clueless. Russia's invaded Ukraine. Europe has no gas for winter. Awfulness, corner to corner. What should you do? Hide your money in a mattress. Put it in the bank. Hunker down, hunker down. Wrong. It's simply wrong. You buy when there's blood in the streets, right? You sell when everything's rosy, that kind of thing. Well, the part of that that Somer is writing about here is to keep buying when the news is bad and prices are low. Because there's always bad news, the stock market always fluctuates, but over time it rises more than it falls. So the right advice for most people doing it themselves for the long term is keep buying on a regular basis. That's straight dollar cost averaging. A more sophisticated approach, which he doesn't write about, but it's the same spirit of investing, would be value averaging. That's what I wrote about and and elaborated upon in my book, The 3% Signal. 
And then I would put in a plug for my system, the, the signal system, which improves upon value averaging. Um, the, the twin vest method of investing also is another way to, to vary how much you're investing in stocks as, as the price fluctuates based on the amount you want to invest per period. But notice that, that all of these systems the, of periodic investing bring the same advantage of lowering your cost basis over time by doing, doing nothing more sophisticated than simply continuing to invest on that fluctuating line without trying to prognosticate the future. And that's what Selmer is driving at here. And we can't fault him for that. He does pause and, and give a shout-out, I suppose, to short-term people, people who made the dumb mistake, frankly, of trying to use the stock market in a speculative manner to make money in the short term, which requires that gut-guessing that we all know doesn't work. Apparently not everybody knows that because he's addressing people that probably wrote to him saying, I screwed myself over. I put everything I own in stocks in January, hoping to get it all out by this summer. And, and now I'm, I'm down by 20%. Uh, he didn't say anybody wrote that, but, but you could just sort of read between the lines and guess that people are asking for advice for what to do now that I need the money soon and I'm down 20%. So he writes in this very difficult situation to them, quote from Jeff Somer, for people with shorter horizons, the situation is trickier. If the economy were to fall into a prolonged and deep recession, the stock market might plunge further and not recover for some time. Preparing for that eventuality may mean reducing your stock allocation, even now, after the market has fallen, if you will need to use the money soon. End quote. And he suggests bonds for ratcheting down risk, which probably comes as cold comfort to somebody who, let's say, moved a lot of money into stocks, they're down 20%, and now they're being told, well, if you need it in the short term, it's probably a better idea to move over to bonds. But as Somer points out, there's no guarantee that stocks are not going to keep going down. So if, if a person really does need that money for back-to-school stuff or Halloween expenses or Christmas or anything else in the short term, then maybe they do have to bite the bullet, take those losses, and get ready to, to at, le at least have not less money than they have now in the near, near future, right? And the bigger lesson, of course, is be a long-term investor. And, and when you're not a long-term investor anymore, you need to dramatically change your allocations and your approach. But he was trying to help people who had already painted themselves into a corner by having too much in the stock market with too short a time frame and now sitting on a minus 20% performance this year trying to do something better. If they were expecting Jeff Somer, the long-term, let's all dollar cost average no matter what's going on guy who's not working at the Wall Street Journal or Barron's or Investor's Business Daily or the Financial Times, but in a general for writing for a general audience for a general paper, the New York Times, if they expected that guy to come back and say, okay, here's the plan. You're down 20% now. I can get you back up to break even within a few weeks with the following three hot tips. Buy Amazon now, double down on crypto, and short Russian gas stocks. I, for one, would have lost all respect for Jeff Somer if he'd come back with something like that. And he didn't. He's, he's stuck with the plan, which is what needs to happen. And one of the problems here is that, that people are trying to get too much entertainment value out of investing instead of treating it for the long-term actuarial accounting exercise that it is. The sad fact for people bringing a pro-wrestling mindset to the stock market is that 
that kind of jumpy gut guessing stuff just doesn't work. And if you're, you're going to actually do better if you, you get a lot less excited about stocks. You, you, don't, you don't jump for joy and start bragging when the indexes are up and you don't sink into despair when the indexes are down. You stick with the plan. Everybody says that's boring and oh, geez, here goes, here goes old Somer again with that boring canard. Yeah, well, except that it works and that's the right thing for most people to do. And if more people would just plain do it instead of complaining every time they see it written about, their financial situation would be a lot better. Sommer concludes with, with this advice, quote, find the mix of diversified stock and bond funds that works for you, depending on where you are in life. The economic news may be terrible, but with a little luck and a lot of planning, you can ride it out, end quote. No problem in this either. Way to go, Jeff Sommer. That's right. People need to find that mix of diversified stock and bond funds. Don't don't do individual stocks. You stick with the big basic asset classes. If you're 25 years old, you own a lot of stock. I would say almost entirely stock. If you're 65 years old and the point of your account is to retire, you have a lot less in stock. That's all he's pointing out there, which is a truism. <laughs> it's not even it's not even him coming up with this. You know, this is just him reporting what we know works. And that part about a little luck and a lot of planning, hey, look, a little luck never hurts, right? He's not, he's, not, he's not telling people to start flipping coins and rolling dice. He's just pointing out that there's a lot that goes wrong in the world on a regular basis. And maybe if a few things went right, it would help stocks come back. And if you're planning to, you're sticking with your plan, then that little bit of, of, of luck could come, out, come, come in handy for you. It could help you when stocks recover. All right, so I, let's let's give Jeff Sommer a break. People who were expecting some uh, some life altering advice from the guy who writes a, uh, a general column about general investing concepts for a general audience have got it wrong. And Jeff Sommer did a fine job. And I would like to point out a little bit more about the uncertainty that we're always dealing with, just to to add to what what Sommer was was writing about, I can show you a precise example of why we are constantly in a state of uncertainty in the stock market. And for this, I need to apologize a little bit to Kelly Letter subscribers, because I'm going to revisit something you read about in some detail in last Sunday's letter. And by the way, plug, plug, if you're not a Kelly Letter subscriber, why not? You should sign up, and then you would know this stuff in advance, in much more detail than I'm going to give now. But I'm happy to share this now, and I hope subscribers won't mind my doing so. I looked at the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now model. This is what the, that division of the central bank, the Federal Reserve, uh, maintains at its website to give people an idea of where, where it thinks GDP is, is heading toward for the current quarter. So the one that I looked at last Sunday and I'm talking about now was through July 17th. The next one is today, July 27th. So if, if you visit the link that I'll put in the show notes, you'll see a, a more current uh, forecast from them than, than the one I'm talking about now. But it should be pretty close. And the very next day, tomorrow, that is, the, the Bureau of Economic Analysis will release the, the initial estimate for GDP. So we'll have a lot more clarity on this topic this very week you're listening to. And I hope that provides some nice currency and makes this more interesting for you. But what I'd like to highlight now is just the uncertainty in this report that is ever present with all reports related to the stock market, which is what Jeff Sommer was dealing with 
in facing the fog of stock market uncertainty on behalf of readers who asked for some help sticking with a plan. Uh, Through July 17th, the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now estimate was for second quarter GDP to shrink 1.6%, so minus 1.6%. And that was based on quite an evolution of of, um, different inputs over the the quarter. For example, just turning back to the, the summary of that. Okay, here we go. Some of the evolution of the GDP now estimate during the quarter. It started on April 29th with its initial now cast calling for 1.9% annualized quarterly growth. And that's what all of these figures will be, annualized quarterly growth. Um, by May 17th, based on retail and industrial reports, it upped that to 2.5%. Then it started coming down. By June 16th, the latest report was the housing starts report that did not go well. So the estimate of GDP for the quarter fell to 0%. It kept going down on, until now. So the, the most recent one was the July 19th housing starts disappointment. And that brought the figure to minus 1.6% that I mentioned at the top. That's that's what the the GDP now model run by the Atlanta Fed it was estimating growth to be for the economy this quarter a a recession uh, a a shrinking of one point six percent now alongside its own forecast the Atlanta Fed monitors blue chip consensus what's that that is data from the blue chip publications uh, maintained by a Dutch company called Wolters Kluwer. And those are those publications are blue chip economic indicators and blue chip financial forecasts, which bring together leading business economists and publish their individual predictions along with an average or consensus of their forecasts. And these are the the usual participants you know well: Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, and so on. And it says the leading business economists, right? So what do they say? The leading business economists and the Atlanta Fed should be in agreement, right? All the smart minds together in the same room. You know, getting rid of the uncertainty that so bothered critics of Jeff Somer's column. All right. On April 1st, the blue chip consensus called for 3% economic growth this quarter. Came down to 2.9% on June 25th. By July 6th, the most recent as of this, 2%. So there you go. Going into GDP week, that's what you had to work with. The Atlanta Fed calling for minus 1.6%. And the blue chip leading business economists calling for plus 2%. What a shock that forecasting has a 50% mistake rate. And that's the kind of uncertainty from the very top. We're not even talking about people fighting on Twitter, talking heads on some loud program about stocks on TV or the internet somewhere else. We're not talking about the sort of low-level barroom banter about it. This is the Atlanta Fed. And the leading business economist, right, at the likes of Bank of America, Goldman Sachs, and so on. They cannot agree. If if the uncertainty shows up at that top echelon, you know that it's everywhere and it, it's never going away. And that's why we all have to invest into that uncertainty. And that's the only thing Jeff Somer was writing about. And people that were telling him, Oh, there's not, not nothing useful here. Where where's where's the list of advice for me? How can I how can I how can I do better in this environment? Are just being unrealistic. It's not Jeff Somers' fault. 
the stock market is an uncertain business, that there's nothing better to do with it than, than keep buying into the fluctuating line on some kind of periodic basis. We do it quarterly in the Kelly letter based on price reaction. Others do it monthly based on a percentage of their paycheck. Others do value cost averaging. All of these are a different version of the same kind of thing, which is investing on a periodic basis into a fluctuating price of the stock market and doing better over the long run because stocks do rise over the long run. And you will emerge from that disciplined, not so exciting, but very tried and true program of reducing your average price paid to a price lower than the average price of the fund during that period, making you do even better in most cases than the stock market itself did during that long term. So very sound advice, tried and true advice from Jeff Somer at the New York Times. Let's give him a break. He's doing the best he can in this kind of uncertainty. And the readers who attacked him for it are simply being unreasonable, expecting him to know something that is unknowable and give rock-solid advice where it is not possible to do. Remember, it is a zero-validity environment. Jeff Somer, like all of us, is just doing the best he can with that fluctuating line. I hope this helped you give a little more thought to your investments and, and how you want to approach them. And thank you for listening. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast, and I am Jason Kelly. Please subscribe to the podcast from any of the easy links at jasonkelly.com to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places. And while you're there, you'll find links to everything mentioned in this episode. Not that many this time since I focused on, on Jeff's article, but you will get a link to that, How to Invest When Inflation is Bad and a Recession May Loom by Jeff Somer in the New York Times, July 14th. And also, I'll link to the Atlanta Fed's GDP Now forecast. You'll be able to see how it changed from the amount, uh, the, the forecast that I talked about in this and wrote about last Sunday. There's also a comment section in the, the, the show notes where you can interact with me and your fellow listeners. And I, I hope you will. I haven't had too much going on there, but it, it's always fun to see discussions take place there. And, and I do monitor those so things don't get too out of control now and then. It's not like a, one of the fights you see in other places online. And of course, if you have a moment, I'd love it if you left a review wherever you review podcasts. And I would really love to welcome you to The Kelly Letter. Please subscribe today at jasonkelly.com to get my onboarding materials and start your own market-beating SIG plans today. Where you will do exactly what Jeff Somer is writing about, but in a more sophisticated way, which is not uh, <laughs> not an attack on him, just a, an acknowledgement that these SIG plans come from the very tried and true long-term approach to investing, plus some advantages. I send new letters every Sunday morning, so I, if you sign up now, you can get the next one this Sunday. But if you do nothing else, please join the free list at the top right of jasonkelly.com. There is an empty field there just waiting for your email address. That's it. Enter it, click sign up, and I will be in touch with you, helping you with more advice like this. Current subscribers, as always, thank you for your support. I will see you Sunday. Sunday.